third and final hour of the show here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. With you each and every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. Wherever you may be in the world, we're in your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it, and then you take us with you wherever you're going. And, of course, download podcasts of the show later in your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search BetQL Daily and watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. NBA card tonight is an interesting one, to say the least. That coming up, a lot of big spreads in spots that may not necessarily be games you'd sit down to watch unless you bet on them. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Charlotte, Milwaukee. Uh, We'll get into that in 20 minutes. Lightning bets before we wrap up the show as well. Uh, We talked a lot of college hoops this morning because it's that time of year, so who better to sort of refine our look at tonight's card and maybe some futures as well than with Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer for 24-7 Sports. Morning, Isaac. Uh, we just wasted 10 minutes talking about Rob Deere, who used to play for the Detroit Tigers and a bunch of other teams in the 1980s and early 90s. So we've gone off the rails. We, we're now asking you to somehow bring us back on the rails. And I don't know if on the rails in Kentucky have ever been mentioned in the same sentence, at least not this season. But let's start there. Let's start with Kentucky, Mississippi State tonight. Um, Kentucky lit up the scoreboard Saturday night. So is this a letdown spot on the road at Mississippi State, or do they keep things rolling? Do they actually start to build some momentum at this point? Yeah, I think all the numbers would tell you that this is a letdown spot. Mississippi State's the right side. I was really hoping for one and a half. So three and a half feels like a little bit of a stay away for me. You know, I've been looking at the total a little bit for this one, too, because it feels like Kentucky just suckers you into playing their style. And the last time that these two teams played, this team, this cruised over, um, I think it was 167 is what it finished at. And so that would cruise over what the line is right now. That's kind of the angle I guess I'm looking for it because even in that game the first time, Mississippi State didn't even shoot it that well from three. Josh Hubbard is probably the SEC freshman of the year contender. He was just one for nine from three, and he's a big-time shot maker. So if you're kind of banking on him, getting it going a little bit, and Mississippi State being able to score at will inside, that could potentially be an angle. You know, for me, like, I also – like I, I'm scared about this this Kentucky team because I'm not sure what lineups we're going to see on a night-to-night basis with them. John Calipari has really switched it up a lot. Last game, he really went to you know three guards with Justin Edwards at the four and Zvonimir Vesic at the five. Like, does that change if Trey Mitchell can play tonight? Do we need to get more rim protection on the floor because Tolu Smith is a, one of the best big men in the country? Like, I just it's hard for me to get on board with Kentucky tonight in this spot just because I think that there's some variables here that I can't really bring into my handicap and if I don't know if they're going to play their best lineup or if I think that they might switch some lineups around I think I'm going to probably be off them you know the prop for this one that I'm eyeing is Antonio Reeves under 20 and a half Mississippi State I do think has some some really good matchups for him to try to take him away they didn't do a good job of it last time in their first matchup and we know that this Kentucky offense they just have so many mouths that can feed so Antonio Reeves low usage player 20 and a half is a pretty elevated number on the road that might be a decent spot for an under if you kind of expect some of the other Kentucky guards to get going a little bit uh Isaac this Kansas BYU number probably inflated sometimes when it comes to Allen Fieldhouse you don't care that it's inflated uh coming off this, this weekend just destroying Texas we all know about the big home court advantage they that the uh, Jayhawks have there and BYU really struggling on the road they're a bet on team at home they're a bet against team on the road. What do you think about uh, the Jayhawks being favored by six and a half tonight? 
this is another spot I think with BYU all year long where it's like, hey, if they make threes, they win. And if they don't make threes, they lose. And I hate to make it that simple, but that's just what it is. Against Kansas, though, teams have been really comfortable from three against them. Like when I watch Houston, Houston will give up open threes. And I, I love the unguarded catch and three stat. Like that's one of the stats I like to look at. But an unguarded catch and three stat against Houston is way different than an unguarded catch and shoot three against Kansas because Houston is just flying out at there. And so if you've watched Kansas a lot this year, they allow teams to get comfortable from three. I wouldn't be surprised if BYU sticks around in this game for a while because this group can really get it going from downtown and they have interior size that can match up with Hunter Dickinson. And I don't know if Kevin McCullough is going to play as well. That's another big time factor. Kansas's numbers, their net rating with Kevin McCullough on the floor has been so much better so far this year. So all of that to say, like, I think I might be on BYU tonight. If I could get it at seven or seven and a half, I would love it. Six and a half, a little bit tight. But I think BYU is in a setup to be, you know, pretty frisky tonight just because the threes, I think they will get there and they're going to have really good looks. And if they go in, they can hang with a Kansas team that we know, like Kansas isn't going to shoot a lot of threes. You know that they're not, they have to win with twos and you're kind of banking on the math there with BYU's threes, you know, taking advantage of Kansas's inability to make, you know, eight, nine, 10 threes tonight. Like Kansas, I would be stunned if they do. BYU could legit 12 or 13 threes tonight. How about a little Mountain West action? This number up to 21 and a half. San Diego State hosting San Jose State. Is this too many points or would you still back the Aztecs here? Yeah, San Jose State, I, I don't like this team very much. You know, they've had moments throughout this year where they can get really out-physicaled. Out uh, they, they can get punked pretty quickly. I think San Diego State is going to be in a position to run away with this one tonight. I don't. I think I probably, if I have to pick a side, I probably would. I think it's a stay away for me at 21 and a half is, lo- is, a, is a ton of points for an offense that can kind mm-hmm. of be hit or miss. But San Jose State is not very good. And San Diego State, awesome at home. They have they have like advantages all across the board. It's not just Jaden Ledee inside. Their guards are really good. Reese Dixon Waters has been awesome this year in, in certain spots. So I just have a hard time seeing San Jose State hold serve here just because their offense – like it, it can get really jump shot happy, and that's not a good recipe against a San Diego State perimeter defense. You mentioned Houston a couple minutes ago. Isaac Trotter, a National College basketball writer, 24-7 sports with us every Tuesday here on BetQL Daily. Uh, they're hosting Cincy tonight, but another big number. Not quite as big as that San Diego State, San Jose State number, but 13 and a half just about everywhere. Um, given the trouble Houston has had offensively is 13 and a half too big, or is this just the right spot for them? Yeah. It feels like this is the line that kind of goes in hand in hand with everything else today. Every number feels elevated to me. Every single one. I wanted Mississippi state at one and a half. It's three and a half. I wanted like Houston at 11 and a half. It's 13 and a half. I, you know, I was looking at, at Clemson and Pitt earlier this today too. It's like, Oh, could I get a five and a half? No, it's seven and a half. Like that just feels like everything is elevated right now. And so it scares me a little bit because, you know, Cincinnati, I think they have, um, an interesting style that they play. They really want to beat you up. They really want to hit you on the glass, but that doesn't necessarily work against Houston. Just Houston's MO, just you're not going to out-tough them. And so Cincinnati kind of wants to beat you up and since and, and Houston's like, all right, bring it. Like, that's fine. Like, we're this is what we do. And Cincinnati just offensively, like, that's not 
that's not a team that's really humming at a high level right now offensively. I think that they're 12th in Big 12 play and offensive rating during during conference play. So for me, I look at Jawan Roberts over six and a half rebounds in this spot. I think Cincinnati's going to struggle to score. Roberts is an awesome offensive rebounder. So if you can get three or four on the offensive glass, I think he cruises over six and a half. And if you take out the one game where he got hurt and only played 12 minutes, he's hit this spot in six of the last seven games. So big time offensive rebounder. He He's kind of like he averages a closer to eight. And so in a matchup against one of the worst offenses in all of the Big 12, that's a good spot. Now, the one concern, if you're trying to play devil's advocate here, is that Cincinnati's turnover issues are legit and Houston can turn them over. You know, that's you're talking about like maybe 12 to 13 to 14 possessions less there, less opportunities for Roberts to corral a defensive rebound. But I still think it's a good number at six and a half. Isaac, I want to jump to tomorrow because uh, there's a monster matchup between Auburn and Tennessee. And man, Tennessee, you look at their last four regular season games, they're closing with Auburn, Bama, Kentucky the last game. It, it's going to be rough here. Um, Ken Palm has this as a three-point game. Advantage Tennessee at home. What do you think? Yeah, I th- I'm going to be on Tennessee tomorrow. I, I think that Al- right. or Auburn struggles on the road are concerned. Jalen Williams' status up in the air a little bit is a concern. A lot of Tennessee's strengths to kind of take away what, what Auburn does well, too. You know, they have a lot of size that they can throw at Tennessee. They're not going to be out-rebounded. They'll be tough on the boards there. Dalton Connect is a big-time game-changer. But I think the other pieces, too, Jonas Adu and Zakai Ziegler have been two of the most improved players in college basketball this year. That's really helped separate Tennessee. And then from a futures perspective, like, when is the right time to buy Tennessee as, like, a title contender? Like, is it before this three-game stretch? Like, because there's three marquee games, or if they win those, how how different is that number? Is it after if you hope that they maybe lose one or two of these games against great teams, even and you're still bullish on them in the tournament? Like, that's the type of stuff that I keep thinking about with this group because I I think Tennessee has a really nice mix. You know, I know everybody's going to say Rick Barnes in March, but this this group is different, and I keep like just watching them, and they have they. I mean, when you have a pro like Connect, who's probably a lottery pick. You have all of this improvement and they still got some of those Rick Barnes like toughness and, you know, just just going to kill you on the glass at times. That's like the this is a team that I think really could win it all. And that number, I'm going to be fascinated how it looks towards the end of this regular season, because that, like you said, that schedule's daunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought up, you know, head coaches in March. I need you to help me settle a little something. Our last guest, Von Dalzell, he wants to fade the Zags. And I made the case yesterday, they are one of my sleeper teams. So, I mean, they're 10th, according to Ken Palm, in adjusted offense. Defense, they could use a little work, but they do have a really good head coach in Mark Few with a lot of experience. Not a lot of people are talking about this Gonzaga team. Are you out on them? Are you going to fade them come March? Or are you with me that they could be dangerous in the tournament? Well, I think they're definitely going to be dangerous in the tournament. The problem is, is that I think their seed is going to be a tough spot. I think that they're in like mm-hmm. that eight, nine, maybe a 10 seed range. Like it's hard to go on a run without some luck in it. Now we saw it last year with FAU, but Gonzaga is probably, you know, I think they're 24th or 25th on Ken Palm lately. Top 25 team on Ken Palm. Those teams don't usually get an eight seed. Right, exactly. Like Mm -hmm. those teams don't usually get an eight seed. So if you're a one seed, hey, Arizona, congrats for getting a one. Here's your reward. You get Gonzaga in the second round. Like have fun with that. Like it's going to be a four point spread or something like that. Like that's that doesn't sound that fun. So I think for for me, for Gonzaga all year long, you know, I think they're a piece away. Steel Venters getting hurt early in the season was a big loss, a big time sniper for them out of the transfer portal. But they still got talent. Anton Watson's a stud. 
Uh, and then Ryan Nemhard has been in that moment. We saw him last year in the big dance. He went for 30 against Baylor when he was at Creighton. Graham E.K. has had his moments as well where he's really starting to come into his own. They've switched to pivot and play a, a little bit bigger of a lineup. So if they get the right matchup, say they're playing UConn, like they have the size to go up against UConn. They have the size to go up against a Purdue. They have the size to go up against Arizona and what those teams are going to do. So I don't think it's crazy to look at Gonzaga as a little bit undervalued, but I guess I'm wondering on what seed line they're going to get. If they get to that seven range, that would be fantastic, just because I think you want to kind of avoid some of those top teams at the top of the league. If you can get in that seven range or you're playing a two in the second round, say you get a, a nice matchup against an overvalued team, like maybe it's like a North Carolina or an overvalued, a certain uh, insert any two seed, right? Like Gonzaga is not going to feel scared of them at all. Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports, National College Basketball Writer with us here on BetQL Daily. So you can use this as an opportunity, I guess, to pivot, to continue talking about futures and, and seed lines or maybe pivot back to tonight. But we noticed three of the prospective four five seeds are in action tonight. So Wisconsin, a prospective five at Indiana. We already talked about Kentucky at Mississippi State. Um, you mentioned Clemson and Pitt. Clemson at home tonight against Pitt. All three of them projected fives. We can talk about whether they belong there or not and your thoughts on 5-12s or maybe what you think of those other games we didn't talk about, Pitt, Clemson, Wisconsin, Indiana. Yeah, I'm ready to fade Wisconsin whenever. I would already like to speak into existence the Wisconsin-Louisiana Tech first-round matchup. I would love that uh, for a multitude of reasons. So that that team, I just have had a hard time getting on board with. And, you know, they were on pace for a three seed and their resume is going to be really good. But I don't think it necessarily matches how they're playing right now. So th that's a concern for me tonight against Indiana. I think I'm probably going to end up being on Indiana plus four and a half, plus five, whatever. If you shop around for that one a little bit, just at home, they got challenged by Mike Woodson. They have the size to match up with Wisconsin. Like if it's now or never for Indiana to show any signs of like caring about this season. So that would be a decent spot for them. And then, you know, with Clemson too, that's a, that's a really interesting team. Cause I think that the, the conversation around the ACC has been fascinating. Everybody has said how oh, the ACC stinks and all of those things, but Clemson, I think is really talented and has a lot of that mojo to potentially go deeper in March, just cause they have PJ hall. They have great offensive rebounding. They have guards that are starting to play better. Chase Hunter started to really tap into his, his bag a little bit lately. And then you obviously have, have uh, Joe Girard, who's a big time shot maker. So I think the splitting the narrative of like, Oh, the ACC stinks with, hey, the teams at the top of the ACC can absolutely make a run is something that I think is a really important distinction because you can't just lump them all together because these teams at the top, the top four in the ACC are better than the top four in the Big Ten and are on par with some of the top fours in the other conferences. Uh, and, and, you know, the bottom of the league just isn't. Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer for 24-7 Sports. We appreciate the time as always, man. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I, now he's got me thinking again about Clemson, Joe, and I don't think I can get there still. And I'm going to feel terrible when I miss on Clemson. And I don't know. I'm already looking forward to uh, our, our next conversations. It's just as you see the schedule dwindle down, like, you know, it's tournament time conference. Then we're going to jump in. I can't wait for the brackets to come out. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Lightning bets All those on the way. No, not all of them. No way. Uh, lightning bets on the way. NBA card tonight is an interesting one. I guess that's a word we could use. That coming up next alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. This is Beck QL Daily.